Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 17th, 2012. Today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in the chapter entitled Into Action. We're on page 83 at the very top of the page, beginning with, Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. Today's readers are Penny E., Carol P., Judy B., and Fran. And I have two share codes for you this morning. The share code from Friday's meeting, December 14th, is 3506. The share code from Sunday, December 16th, speakers meeting, 3513. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, compulsive overeater recovered in Massachusetts. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure those or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Excuse me. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to 
to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Rebecca to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Rebecca. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Chapter 6, Into Action. You'll find us on page 83 at the very top of the page, beginning with, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. And I will ask Penny E. to begin reading. 
Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation uh, that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And I would like to share. Thank you. Just a, a reminder that we are in the ninth step here. And anybody that's new, I'll just read it. May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And um, the first thing that, that catches my eye here is a long period of reconstruction ahead. Uh, as we talked about over and over again last week, it, putting down the food is just the beginning. It's important. It's necessary. Uh, it's a must but it's not the greater aspect of our disease and the recovery. So the reconstruction is, is, is what's going to change our mind, you know, going to give us that spiritual experience sufficient to bring about recovery. And I've been doing this for a long time. And, yes, the period of reconstruction is long. Uh, new people, you know, every time I meet a new person, I have to use these same principles. You know, I want to show tolerance, kindliness, love not judging. Uh, it goes on forever, really. But this is the thing. We take the lead. This is the first time. Usually in my life, everybody came to me. When are you going to lose weight? You're so pretty, you know. Oh, if you would only do this and lose some weight and lose weight, lose weight. Everybody came to me, the doctors, my parents, my brother, friends. You know, this is the time that we take the lead. We actually go to the people who we've hurt. You know, this is, this is new. This is brand new. And, and in itself is a spiritual experience. Stop blaming the other people and let me take a look at my part. So a remorseful mumbling that we are sorry just won't fit the bill. I did that a million times. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so sorry I was late for work. I'm so sorry that I called out sick because I was so full. I'm so sorry that I called out sick from work because I couldn't get it, take a shower. I couldn't find clothes to fit me. You know, that's not, that's not enough. They've heard that over and over again. We got to show them, show them. And it says, be very careful not to criticize them. Here we, you know, this is one place where the I, 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 I love that, uh, is appropriate. I can't talk about what they did to me. You know, I had anger, I had envy, I had jealousy, I had fear. Not when you, you know, pulled up in your new car, uh, you know, I felt uh, jealous. It's not about them. This is about me, 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 me. So very grateful to be here today. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Rick. Good morning to you, Rick. Good morning, vision for you. Uh, this is Rick, compulsive reader. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it. And there's a, a very important uh, part of that sentence, as we now see it. So as, as the authors are writing this part of the book, they're assuming that we've done the work 
prior to step nine, they're assuming that um, we have made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And we're not we're not looking at things the way we were in the past. So we have a different outlook. So they're, they're telling us that if we've done this work, we're going to have a different outlook when we approach our family. And they remind us um, that we have to have patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And that's what we've learned. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I think it's also interesting that they, they let us know that our family has defects, which may be glaring. And they're not denying that fact that we all have our problems and have our issues, but they're reminding us that we need to be kind and tolerant and loving when we go to these people to make these amends. Because if we're focusing on their their problems and their issues and the wrongs that they've done to us instead of the wrongs that we've done to them, these amends are, are basically meaningless. So, again, they're assuming we have a different outlook when we're at this point, when we're at step nine. So I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Rick. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Uh, this is, this is Janice. Janice, and there was somebody else. Lois. Lois. Janice and Lois. Thanks. <clears throat> Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, that very first sentence, I remember reading that for the first time. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. And you know what I said? I said, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. There's a long period of reconstruction. Because I didn't have to do this all at once, nor did I have to expect that it was going to happen all at once. There was going to be a period of reconstruction. There was going to be a long period where I could continue to heal, that I could continue to change spiritually, and now I could continue to do it with my family. You know, I love, I love the saying, bless them, change me. Bless them, change me. Because that was the only thing I had any control over. This, this period of reconstruction was going to be about me. It was going to be about me. And I was going to be able to look clearly, probably for the first time in my life, very clearly at my family, at those closest to me, at what was going on around me in my own household, and what was I going to do about that? What was I going to do about that? And once again, I'm reminded 24 hours at a time, this day only. So we clean house with the family. We clean house with the family. I tell the family, I tell my family members, I make my amends. But now I'm going to be making an amend on a daily basis, one day at a time. And what do I ask for? I don't ask that they are changed so that everything can be ever so much easier for me. I ask that I be changed for this day, for this day asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Isn't isn't that the real deal, the whole deal, the only deal? You know, it's for me to be able to live by these principles, for me to be able to be in touch with 
be in conscious contact, be with my higher power who's transforming me, because God can and will change me if I keep doing this work every day. But it's a long period of reconstruction because there's been a lot of damage. There's been a lot of damage, and it doesn't happen overnight. Twisted thinking does not disappear overnight, the big book says. But it will change as long as I stay the course. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Lois, please. Lois, you'll need to press star one to unmute, please. Yes, good morning. Uh, I, I, too, wanted to jump in on that first sentence. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. I, was, I too, was so relieved about that. Um, you know, I took this very seriously. I, I wanted to um, follow the specific directions in the big book. I learned in the fourth about who I was and what my shortcomings were and my character defects. And um, and I I I was overwhelmed with you know the uh, depth of how it related, created and related these troubled relationships for me, and so you know in the fifth I shared that I asked God to humbly uh, humbly remove these defects of character, and then I made the list, and then I began to uh, try to understand how to work on this, and I was just I was like in kindergarten you know I I wanted to do this but I was overwhelmed, and um, I just knew that I needed, I needed to practice these principles in my, all, all my affairs. And, and one, I loved what Janice said, uh, one day at a time, God will show me, you know, in, in my morning meditation, what he would have me be today. And, and, and as well, he, you know, he will give me what I need for that day. You know, once again, like a child, I thought he was going to remove all these defects of character all at once, you know, like the Wizard of Oz. And, um, and that didn't happen. You know, I still had, you know, I still reacted from selfishness, self-centeredness, and fear. So one day at a time, I was maturing, you know, in my, in my recovery. I, I look back and know that now when I was doing it. I just never thought I was doing it well enough. But I, I was um, willing to, you know, to take the lead and um, I just want to share that, you know, this, this is such an important chapter, an important paragraph that, you know, it kind of sums up for me, you know, the, the, rest, the reconstruction of my life as a, as a recovered compulsive overeater and to begin to make these direct amends one day at a time with God's help as he removes my shortcomings. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Melanie. Melanie. Monica. And Monica. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And it's just very simply what I like about this particular paragraph for me is something to do. Um, These are another several lines of instructions for me. I always got lost in, okay, what should I do? Because when I would make a decision, more times than not, I would seem to upset the apple cart. And I wanted to have a way in which to follow a path out of that. And I like the prayer, the very last sentence, Creator, show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And I can start my day first thing in the morning. And apparently it was helpful that to, enough so that they would write it down here. And it's just very simply, very sweet, a set of instructions again that I can use to to 
affect some sort of uh, of effort and change in the behavior while God is transforming me, and I love that. And it also uh, interrupts the thought processes that I have in my mind oftentimes, especially if I start the day with saying a prayer like that, um, and then in the moments, in, the, in those very moments, to re- be able to recall that um, pause for a moment to run quickly in my mind to page 83 before I do step in that bad bad place again. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. And Monica now, please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, yeah, so much in this little paragraph here. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. So they're telling us reconstruction, a rebuilding, a making over. And in this reconstruction, like everyone is pointing out here, is is a process. It's not a one-day deal here. This is a process. Recovery is a process. Life is a process. You know, until the very day we die, we are going to be in this reconstruction phase here. Um, and it says we must take the lead. You know, we're in step nine here. Step nine is about making amends. I know this is the final step of cleaning our house here, getting the uh, sweeping everything away here. Um, um, and a remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. You know, and they're saying, you know, not say, just saying sorry is not going to do it. You know, we've done that all our life, and especially with our family here. So now what are they saying? You know, you need to stop and pray, and you need to keep your mouth shut. And um, so they're saying, you know, making your direct amends are a must with our families. And then they're going on and asking God each morning to show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And to me, you know, these are living amends. This is what we can do after we've made direct amends. We do living amends, being patient, being kind, being tolerant, loving. And I have another little prayer that I like to say. It's, God, keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. I, too, would like to comment on this. It says, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. You know, reconstruct. We're rebuilding, reorganizing, reestablishing, you know, uh, rebuilding, rearranging on, on, on new footing a new footing. I'm looking for, um, you know, a life that God is my director. God is my director. I'm, I'm looking to relinquish control and allow God to be the director of my life. It says we ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past that we've, as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. So I'm being instructed here, be, be very careful, Leah, not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So the big book is guiding me to take responsibility for my own behavior, and the big book is reminding me that a compulsive overeater, a real compulsive overeater like myself, I'm not the only one who's bedeviled by emotions. I'm not the only one that's bedeviled by emotions and feelings, you know. Uh, And it's a fact, and the literature tells me so, that my behavior when I was in the grips of this illness has aggravated the defects of other people. 
I've aggravated the defects of other people, and I've repeatedly, the literature has taught me, I've repeatedly strained the patience of my spouse, my parents, my sibling, my friends. I've, I've done that. I've repeatedly strained the patience of even my best friends to a snapping point. And I've brought out the worst in those who didn't think much um, of my behavior. So with that understanding, I have to take responsibility. The chances are that my own actions are partly responsible. So I have to realize that and take responsibility for my behavior and realize that it's not my own perspective that counts. It's not only my perspective, only my thoughts, only my emotions are justified, only my hurts are legitimate hurts. The world's not going to revolve around me. I'm being asked here that we clean house. I'm being asked to clean house. Asking who? Asking God. I'm asking God again. I'm relinquishing control, and I'm allowing God to be the director of my life. I want to be governed by God. That's the goal here. The whole process of steps four through nine is to access this power, this power greater than myself. Self-wills block that out. But I'm going to ask God each morning in meditation that he, that my creator, show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. I want to be governed by something other than feelings, other than emotions, other than my wishes, other than my, my demands. As the big book, as, as this chapter is entitled, it's entitled Into Action. I need to go higher than my feelings and my emotions. I want to be governed by something higher. The 12 steps are designed for living. They're a set of principles that are more elevated, and they give me a guide as to how I should live. And if I can live by these principles, I can be peaceful and content. And you know what else? Perhaps that gives other people living around me an opportunity to be peaceful and content as well. Because I'm going to be free from the things that used to enslave me and make my life miserable. And, and then, you know, it trickled into making other lives miserable as well. So that's what I'm asking here. I'm relinquishing control and I'm allowing God to be the director. Because I always have to remember, love and hate cannot exist on the same plane. One is always going to be predominant. So I'm asking my creator here to show the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Because if I'm governed by patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love, I won't be governed by self-will run riot. And with that, I pass. Anybody else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Judy B. from Massachusetts. Your turn, Judy. Um, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. Uh, this just, reading it this morning, makes me realize that I am still in this long period of reconstruction. Um, and it doesn't end. It doesn't stop. Um the paragraph is telling us especially how to deal with those closest to us, our family. You know, a um, being very careful not to criticize them. That's what just is is coming out loud and strong for me. Um, and, and the only way that um, I can live this way is to ask God to, to guide me each day. And even though... Uh, the defects of others may be glaring. You know, it is it is not up to me 
to find fault with them, to criticize them, to point out their errors. You know, that that is not my job at the moment. I, I, I need to be acting differently than I did back when I was eating crazily. Um, I love where it says, we ask each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And the only way I can live that way is to ask for his help each day. Um, uh, somehow I, I find that my my nature is to um, bring up something that uh, I don't like, and and that's not not where I want to be today. I want to um, to treat to treat everyone with with love and respect, and to allow them to to take their journey one day at a time, just as I've been allowed to do. And um, this big book just gives us such a beautiful guide for how we can live our life each day. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next paragraph with Carol P., please. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, A Vision for You. I'm Carol, Compulsive Overeater. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. And I would like to briefly share... um, Spiritual life is not a theory. It's not just a thought, a nice thought. I've had thoughts about things that I like, but do I live them? No. This is something, you know, the big book saying is we have to live it. To me, that means something I'm doing every day, not just here or there when I have time, you know, keeping a constant, um, you know, practicing keeping a constant connection uh, with my higher power, Um you know, and this this is again, it's giving directions how to do this and what not to do, not and what to do. Um, and my behavior is going to convince people than my words. Uh, it is a program of attraction. I may be the only big book uh, someone ever reads. Um, and asking myself, um, does my walk match my talk? Um, my actions are speaking louder than words. Um, you know, I like the little saying, walk, walk softly and carry a big book. And uh, teach, but uh, use words only when necessary. And, um, of course, these people, you know, my family and people I know, they had seen me um, go up and down and everything else. Of course they're going to be skeptical. They're watching. And um, I'm not doing this on my own. Uh, it's having that spiritual awakening that's happening and um, you know, doing what you know, becoming who God wants me to be through this process. But that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Katie. This is Paula. Kate, Katie, and then Paula. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater in Virginia. And um, these two paragraphs are, you know, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, because. As painful as it was to write our fourth step and and make the amends, the amends that we make to institutions and former employers and 
friends from 1975, well, that, that kind of seems easy compared to this because those things are over and done with. The people, you know, hug you and say thank you or, or um, whatever. But this is, this is day in and day out. Um, and this is where our faith really comes in because so much of my uh, – I can get into thinking, you know, well, they did this, so I need to do that. But this is teaching us that we – that's the opposite of what we do now. We don't, um, we don't react to everything that goes on around us. We've learned a new way of living. And it's um, – you know, the, our, our family of origin is the hardest one to convince that we really mean it. But that's the beauty of this program. It's not up to us to convince them. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. And, you know, my family doesn't try to get me to eat anymore. They haven't tried to get me to just this once, try this whatever, in two decades. And, you know, I, but I don't base my um, program on their acceptance and approval. My uh, life is one day at a time uh, doing what God is showing me to do. And this is where our faith really comes into action because, for me, I had spent so many years repeating the same cycle over and over and over and over again of, losing weight and gaining weight and being on a diet and high from a diet and low from a blow and this and that and all over the place. And this has given me an opportunity to be um, on, on sound spiritual footing and that I am, you know, people use words about me that they never in a million years would have used, <laughs> you know, stable, solid, consistent, disciplined, structured, uh, loyal, you know, those were not words that people used about Kathleen Kramer when she was in high school and college and in my mid-20s. I mean, that is not who I was. But today, because we, we live this theory, um, we live this out, we can have that in our lives. And I can project the future. I can have remorse about the past but I surrender it every day to God and I do what's in front of me. And every day I'm shown that my response to life will change things. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Paula, please. Star one to unmute Paula, please. Sorry about that. This is Paula. Still recovered, compulsive reader by the grace of God. It stops here, and I know I'm going to start in the beginning. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And that's it. See, I thought it was a theory. But it says very clearly, it's not. It's not a theory. We have to live it. But I keep thinking to live this life, to live in spirituality. And it says, what does it say the line before I created? To show us the way of here we go. Here the way. Patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. 
But then it says, unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. Honey, many urged me. In the rooms and outside of the rooms, many places, spiritual places. I didn't get it. So you see, I was where they were once were. What moved me along? Was it a word? Was it a deed? Was it God himself? Or was it a combination of all? I don't know. I don't know, but I love this part. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They don't want to hear it. Is it only still talk? You know what it says about the remorseful mumbling that we are sorry? How many times sorry was said and the deed was repeated? But then it says they will change in time. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. Our words are wonderful and mighty and powerful. But when they're backed by a behavior, now there, a transformation in a life, and then them being exposed to everyone in our life. And the family is the most important. They're the most damaged what is done. They're the most damaged what's done. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This Elena, is Sarah, can you, share? I didn't catch those names. Can we try again, please? Sarah? Elena. Sarah and Helena, please. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sarah, recovered compulsive overeater. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And then it says, our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. So our family has already an image of us that's born out of experience. And we, through this work, need to create a new experience through a new lifestyle, a new way of living, a a recovered way of living every single day. What this is teaching me is that who I am will speak so much louder than anything I could ever say. And it's so it's so true because I can talk, but if my words are 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 hollow, because my actions don't um, don't reflect what I say, and and I can get so excited. I get so excited about this program, and I have these paragraphs all underlined, like I have like notes all over them. This is just this is to me like this this paragraph is showing me that. This is what it means to practice these principles in all our affairs. It's What it's showing me is that this is a way of living, a recovered way of living, where the principles will now be evident in my character change. Through a char- you know, it's, it's, it, This is a result of all the steps that came before it. It's, it's a recognition of, of, of a life that's now being lived in partnership with God and not... No longer it's like, you know, from self-will to God's will, and, and, and it's not about changing other people. So many times I have sit down with my family, analyzing so many times I have sit down with my family, analyzing the past and analyzing everyone's behavior with me with so many opinions on how everybody needed to change. And here this is showing me how I need to take responsibility for my own actions and my own behavior. Even though the defects in everybody else may be glaring, 
the the previous paragraph, but the chances that are that my own actions are partly responsible. So this is showing me that I need to take the lead by leading through um, through my own behaviors, through my own spiritual life, through my, my own living a life that makes this, you know, it's a program of attraction. Anything that I'm going to say is not going to be believed unless I'm living that life. And once I'm living that life consistently and I'm being looked upon differently on a new light, then I'm creating the space for, for you know, they will change in time. They will change in time. It's not about me changing them. It's about me changing me and living a life that's so attractive to them that they want it too. It's me creating a life of happiness. How am I going to have happy, joyous, and forgive? Everybody else is still miserable and and their behaviors are still so glaring in my face is because I connect with my creator and I ask him to show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, kindliness, and love, asking me to give me an, an eye that sees the good, that's a grateful life of being happy and satisfied with, my, with the recreation of, of, of my despair, the recreation of my personality, personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. I'm now a new person. I'm seeing things in a new light. I'm living a new life that's so different than the life that I had before. And when I'm taking the lead in that, taking the lead and taking control over the only place where I have control myself, then others in time will will get it and will you know, follow. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but that's not my job anymore. It's not my job anymore to manipulate how they're going to behave. It's me taking control over the only area where I have control is me connecting with my creator, asking him to help me do what I could never have done for myself and leading a life happy, joyous, and free of the behaviors and the um, and the beliefs and the and the um, compulsions that I had before. I'm now on new footing. I'm on a new footing, and I'm practicing these principles in all my affairs, and that is louder than anything that I could ever say to anyone in my family. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And Helena, please. Helena, a compulsive overeater, recovered in New Jersey. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. We are in the chapter into action. All that's going to matter from now on out is the actions that we take. And the actions are based in our thoughts, as has been said so many times on this meeting. So going back to the last paragraph, the family, their defects may be glaring. Well, I always say, yes, their defects are glaring. But that's not my job anymore. I have admitted in step four and in step five and in step six, that the real problem is my selfishness and my self-centeredness. I want things the way I want them. And the family knows this. They have lived with me. And they know what I have been like. Um, When I look back on um, the forward to the second edition, on page XX, it says that the, the respect and acceptance of AA 
growing in leaps and bounds was in part because of the large number of recoveries. So I have stopped. So many people have actually put down their substance and are recovering, but also reunited families. And I can see in this paragraph why the families could be reunited because I have stopped blaming. I have stopped focusing on your glaring character. I am now simply focusing on my own spiritual demonstration. When I made amends to my sister, who is, was one of the most difficult amends I had to make, my amends was simply, when I spoke it to her, was one sentence. I am sorry that I have been selfish in my dealings with you. And she understood exactly what I meant. We have 57 years together. She's my older sister. And she knows how I've been all my life. And from then on out, my behavior had to change. What was the use of saying that if I continued in selfishness? And what is the use of saying that after I've frankly analyzed the past with my family, if I continue in my old behaviors, I have done nothing. At the same time, it does promise us that we don't have to talk. We don't have to be incessantly pushing this that The family will see, and there is healing ahead. There is the chance for healing with the whole family ahead, as long as I do not focus on their glaring defects of character and focus on mine. Pass. It's Irini. Thank you, Helena. Irini, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Um, our Creator shows us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. Wow. To me, this is stepping out of my comfort zone to act against my natural way, uh, the way I used to act. And it does begin with an open heart so God can come and enter into it but it doesn't stop there. This is now where God can work through me and touch others to make a difference for others with love and kindness and patience and tolerance. And this is what God does for me, what I cannot do for myself. This is my spiritual gift that I so gratefully accepted. And God has lit my inner candle within me from darkness. It became dim, and now this light shines very bright, very strong, and I'm able to be guided by this light. And not only that, to be able to also take my candle that's lit within me and light your candle, and then you can do the same for others. But we have to be careful never to have our light dim, but to always keep it light and bright. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Rita from Florida. Go ahead, Rita. Uh, I'm nervous talking. I usually don't talk, but you know, I the amends part, I never could wrap myself around it. I mean, years ago, 
I just couldn't make amends because I thought everybody on this earth wronged me, and I did nothing at all wrong. I went as far as when I had a sponsor to write a letter to my daughter and tell her everything she did wrong, and for that I forgave her, who at that point she was ready to really write me off. But when I finally sunk in and was able to see my past, what I, how I wrong people, and I went to a sister who I hadn't spoke to in 18 years, and this is hard for me to do, and I let her know I was sorry that I was selfish, that I really wanted her to feel less than me. You know, her defects never bothered me anymore. I never thought, gave one thought about what she did wrong to me. I was so relieved to tell her how sorry I was. And from that day forward, we now, for the last three years, have the best relationship that any two sisters could have. And I owe it all to this book, to this program, but mostly to my higher power who gave me and told me what to do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I wanted to comment on this as well. It says the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. So this is not, a, you know, philosophy. The big book is is like um, it's an owner's manual. It's a wisdom. It's a manual of wisdom teaching me how to live. You know, I had no tools for living uh, when I came to the program of recovery. The big book has offered me that that guidance, that manual as to how to live. So it says we have to live it. So my spiritual work, the spiritual work of a recovered person is is to train my face to smile when I may be thinking otherwise. Um, the spiritual work for me is to restrain my tongue from making negative remarks when I perhaps see the glaring defects in other people. Um, the spiritual work that I have today is to drill my mind in judging other people favorably and and to show them the way of patience and show you know them patience and kindliness and tolerance and love you know uh the spiritual life for me today is to instruct my shoulders to carry another person's load, even that of an an enemy to instruct myself to carry their load, to be of service to other people. So this is not just uh, wishful thinking here. This is something that needs to be implemented. And that's why this book, you know, is about a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. A personality change. What's our personality? A personality is made up of my attitudes, my ideas, my emotions, my outlook on life. So when this big book transforms us, it takes me from a place of self-centered existence to God-centered existence. I'm not what I used to be. I've been born again, not in my body, but in my mind, where those old ideas and attitudes and emotions that, were, that used to govern me have been cast aside and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes can now dominate me. And as was stated, all action is born in thought. If I'm governed by these principles, then my actions will reflect that. It says we should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. You know, my expectations are the lens to my world. And, you know, external conditions were never a remedy for an internal condition called compulsive overeating. It didn't matter what anybody else did, you know. Um, 
to the degree that I demand anything from anybody else, to the degree that I demand anything from you, is my emotional sobriety impossible? You know, I have to be aligned with God. That's the lens I need to use today. That's the spiritual life. If I choose the lens of self-centeredness, well, then I'm going to feel competition and I'm going to feel alienation and I'm going to feel, feel isolation and I'm going to feel resentment and fear. But what if I choose the lens of God? What if I choose the lens of a spiritual life? When I choose the lens of a spiritual life, then I feel unity. Then I feel empathy. Then I feel love and I feel harmony and I want to cooperate and I want to tolerate others. You know, that, that is a spiritual way of living, to align myself, to harmonize myself with God's principles. And with that, I pass. Anybody else like to comment on this paragraph? Start one to unmute. I'll take that as a no. Let's move on to the next paragraph with Judy B., please. Uh, good morning, this is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive uh, Overeater. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would right them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases. But we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. So this is is talking uh, about the fact that there are many, many, many um, ways to make amends. And... um, we will need to look at uh, our wrongs carefully, uh, pray about them with God, <clears throat> talk to other recovered people, and um, j- just get a, a sense of, of what is the best way to handle this. Um, and, and once that is found and we're, and we're able to... Um, able to make these amends... In the right way, you know, life just changes for us. You know, we we have to be sensible. You know, we we have to be considerate, and yet <clears throat> we don't, as it says, we don't crawl before anyone. You know, we're not we're not there to to humiliate ourselves at all. We're there to admit our wrongs, to admit our wrongs and to let someone know how very sorry we are for the way we acted or the, or the things that we did. And just beautiful explanation, beautiful explanation. And um, I think when in doubt, when in doubt about how, how to make uh, an amends after talking with a sponsor, after praying about it, eventually... We will just know what to do, and the uh, time and the situation will present itself, and we go on. It's just a beautiful way to live, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Judy B. And we are now out of time, and we'll revisit this paragraph tomorrow. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Fran, would you please read a vision for you? Yes. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, B. Um, this is Frank, compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.